part of the media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much that in the darkness that we brought with our sin, Father, that you have brought us light. And Father, we thank you that... uh, As you foretold that in the Old Testament, Father, that I can only imagine that those Old Testament prophets, Father, thought that a time would never come. Father, I imagine that there's folks here tonight that are waiting for light in their life. They're waiting for something to to break forth, that that light to break forth in their light. And, And Father, I pray that tonight that you would just let them know that while they may be waiting, Father, that you are a sovereign God, that there's nothing, not one piece of cosmic dust, Father, that is not under your, your control. And so, Father, I pray that they would take comfort and that they would find, Father, deliverance tonight. And, Father, as we open up your word, Father, we can be really sentimental. Father, we can uh, uh, be very traditional. Father, we, we need more than sentimentality. We need more than just tradition. Father, we need a, a, a breath of heaven. And, Father, we need your word And we pray tonight that you would open our ears, that we might truly be like those that sat before Christ, that they had ears to hear and eyes to see. And so, Father, we plead to you tonight by your spirit, will you just open up our hearts and our lives to hear during this time a word from you. We love you and we thank you, Father, as we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. It's been said that the minute we're born, we're in a state of waiting. Have you ever kind of thought about that? You know, we're, we're waiting, always waiting for something. Sometimes when we're a little kid, we can't wait to be like the older kids and get to go do the, the next level of maturity, whatever that is. And when you're five years old, you just want to be eight. When you're eight, you want to be 13. When you're 13, you want to be 16 so you can start driving. When you're 16, you want to be 20 or, you know, 21 so you can get out of the house, kind of go be on your own. We're, we're always in this state of waiting and even as we get older, we might say, well, I wish I was 18 again. But, you know, we're still waiting. One of the most tender moments in my entire ministry was a time years ago, a young lady, a saint of God, a dear saint of God, 95 years of age, and she was so ready to go be with the Lord. And she really wasn't in a lot of pain, but she, she knew the doctor said that, you know, her, her life, her passing would be soon. And she looked up, and I'll never forget, because she was a dear lady, she took me by the hand, and a tear, as she laid there in the bed, just kind of rolled off both sides of her face, and, and, and she said, I'm ready. Why isn't he taking me? Well, they don't have that class in seminary. I, I had no answer. But in a few days, she went to go be with the Lord, and, and that waiting period was over for her life, and But it reminded me that, you know, even at 95 years old, we're still in that state of waiting. If we look at the Christmas story and we go back to Luke chapter 2, that's the one that we, you know, kind of endeared to. A lot of times you'll read as a family the manger scene and all that. If you read long enough, you actually get two people that are not often included in the Christmas story. Uh, One is a lady by the name of Anna. The other is a a man by the name of Simeon. Uh, They were older and they were waiting. In fact, they had been waiting a long time. And the Bible tells of their waiting and their anticipation because they've been told, Simeon had been told, that you're not going to die until you see the Christ. 
And yet what had happened is in the Old Testament, they had all these prophecies. You know, some of the prophecies that the kids saw in that treasure chest, that he was going to be born in Bethlehem, and all these different ones uh, that were pointing to this time. And yet the prophets had ceased to speak. And by the time that Christ came, do you realize that the prophets had really been quiet for 400 years? It's one thing to be waiting. It's another thing to be waiting in silence. I mean, waiting is one thing. If you see activity, if you hear a voice, if you have reassurance, and if you're waiting for something and, and mom or dad comes by and says, okay, you know, tomorrow's the day or that we're going to go to Disney World or whatever it is, you know, the countdown of 10, 9, 8, 7. It's one thing to be waiting. It's another thing to be waiting in silence. But by the time we really open up the New Testament, that's what had happened, that this waiting had been going on now for, for 400 years. They had not heard. There was not a prophet speaking. There wasn't an Isaiah. There wasn't all these great words from the Lord pointing toward that. Well, as it would be, as we studied in our church, if you're not familiar uh, with the passage we studied a, a couple of weeks ago, how uh, when Jesus was eight days old, they took him to the temple to be circumcised, and they, they went to the temple, and they went to, to have a, pl- a time of purification and dedication. Uh, there were three things that every young Jewish person would do uh, to be obedient by the law. One was the circumcision on the eighth day. The other one was the purification. This was the mother. And it was just the, the, the priest saying, okay, everything is right and, and kind of restoring that. And, and the last part of that was a, a presentation. If you were the firstborn son, you, you actually, originally in the Old Testament, by Levitical law, you were promised to be part of the priesthood. But God had changed that. And, and so by the time Jesus comes along, uh, they did what they called redeem the child back. There's a foretelling of what Christ would be doing for us, this redemption. And so Mary and Joseph, they take little baby Jesus, and and they go on the eighth day, he's circumcised, and then on the 40th day, they go to the temple. And and when they go there, they do all these things. That is, holy God comes under the law, as we find out later, to redeem us who have broken the law so that we might have a victory, a, a redeemer, one who would bring grace and hope into our lives. And we see all this happen in and, and Luke 2.25. says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Even though the prophets were not speaking, there was a silence. God had spoken to Simeon. said the Holy Spirit had come upon him. In other words, he knew and he had heard the voice of God saying that you will not die until the Christ comes. It describes him as righteous. Even during that 400 years of silence, he he was faithful to God's law, and he was waiting. Those are the two words that describe him. That's good for us to remember. See, sometimes when it's silence and we're waiting, we're thinking, okay, it's all because of our disobedience. Did you know that you can be walking with God? You can be devout. You can be righteous, that is, that following you know, what, what you think God is leading you in and, and still go through periods of your life where there's waiting and there's silence. It's not always sin. Sin certainly will do that. But I've known many righteous people in my life. I've named, known many saints of God that went through times when they were waiting and that waiting was in silence. Well, that's what we find here with Simeon. Two descriptors. He was righteous and he was waiting. And it says why he was waiting. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. 
Does anybody know what that means? What is the consolation of Israel? Well, basically that word consolation means comfort. It means they're waiting for the comfort of Israel. Now, Israel had known times of great success where they were really kind of one of the mightiest nations on earth and there were other times that they were really maybe the most uh, low of people. There were times that they were in captivity. Remember back in the Old Testament in Egypt, for, for, for years they're under, hundreds of years they're under that Egyptian rule. And so they had known good times, they had known bad times. And here, after 400 years of silence, they were waiting just for a comfort of knowing that they were God's people. There's something about being a people. There's something about being here tonight. I, I don't know every name, I don't know every person, but you know, when we come together as community, as family tonight, we become a people. And there's something about being a people. Well, the Jewish people, they were waiting for a comfort as a people. They were waiting for this Messiah. They were waiting in the midst of this uh, silence. And in the midst of that waiting, the Holy Spirit tells Simeon, you won't die until you see the coming of the Christ. Look what it says in verse 29 and 30. Simeon goes over there, he picks up the baby, he goes in and Mary Joseph there, and, and God directs him and said, this is the one that you've been waiting for. And, and look what he says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation. He's waiting, waiting, waiting. He's an older man. God has promised that you're going to see the Christ before you leave this earth. And finally, he's there in the temple as he'd been many times. And he looks over and God says, there's the promise. There's the treasure that I have been telling you is coming. And he goes over there and he holds on. Can we show that shot? This is one rendering of it. Somebody, I love this one. There's a tear coming from his eye, not just for emotional purposes, but for the joy, for the pure joy a fulfilled scripture and a fulfilled promise. There's something about waiting, waiting in silence. And then when the answer comes, there's a joy that overwhelms you. There's a joy that just becomes bigger than life. And as Simeon is holding on to the little Christ child, he's overwhelmed. Perhaps tonight you're one of those that's waiting, and maybe in waiting in silence. Let me encourage you tonight that whether that is because that silence and that distance and that, that, you know, that, uh, that waiting is because of a sin in your life and maybe rebellion against God, or whether you are walking in unity with God and it's just where you are in life, I, I promise you tonight that just as God brought an answer to that promise to Simeon, he's bringing an answer. I, I can't tell you that it's tomorrow, the next week. I, I don't know those things but I know this, we have a God who is faithful. And the Bible said this about God's faithfulness because he brought us Christ, that every promise that God has ever made is made yes in Jesus Christ. In other words, when he kept that promise, when he gave us Christ, and he brought the redemption to, to all those that would turn to him, it was a fulfillment of every promise that God had ever made. Well, we read on a little bit more, and, and, and Simeon's not the only one there. If we read down to verse 36 and 37, it says, There was also a prophetess there, Anna, the daughter of Phinehas, and the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, 
fasting and praying. In other words, here's a very devout lady. Very devout. So, so she doesn't even go home. You know, people didn't live at the temple, and, and yet she's there night and day. She, she never leaves. Why? Because there was a promise that one day that she too would see the Christ. And she's waiting for that, and she's getting older. And as she got older and older, you can only imagine that as much as you have faith in God, when there's silence and there's waiting, even the most faithful of people have those days where you begin to, to let that doubt come into your mind and your heart. And so what she was doing was fasting and praying. She was uh, disciplining herself before the Lord. And she wasn't just doing religious action. She was seeking God, I think, through that fasting and through that prayer. I think there was a, a part of her that that's why she didn't want to leave the temple because maybe this was the moment that Christ was going to come in. Well, that day came. Just as it did for Simeon, she looks over there and, and God says, look at verse 38. It says, coming, coming up on them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. She looks over there and God says, this is the one. Your waiting is over. And where he had told Simeon that, okay, the purpose of this one that's coming, he's going to bring the consolation of Israel, the comfort of Israel. Here he says, the redemption of Jerusalem, deliverance, forgiveness. See, as important as it is for us to see the shepherds and the angels and all those things, this latter part of the story, I don't know, I guess that's what speaks to me so much. We see, too, that had been promised of God. Not because of their sin there was silence, but because there was just a waiting time in their life. And they were waiting, and they were waiting that silence, and they were faithful. Folks, think about it. They had religion. They were, you know, they were doing the religious things. Their answer wasn't more religion. Their answer wasn't more duty. Their answer wasn't more law. Their answer was Jesus Christ. And they were waiting all their lives for that moment and for that answer. Perhaps, perhaps in your life as you've waited and maybe even waited in silence, you've thought, well, maybe I just need to go to church more. <laughs> maybe I just need to read my Bible more. Maybe I need to spend more time in prayer and all those different things. You know, going to church is great. Uh, being more faithful in prayer, great. I mean, all those disciplines, all those things are wonderful things. But folks, the answer isn't in those things. The answer is Christ. They were religious people. Remember how the Bible described Simeon? Righteous and waiting. How was Anna described? She was a prophetess. That is, she heard from the Lord. She was fasting and praying. They had their spiritual life down, and yet they were still in a point of waiting until that wait was finally fulfilled in the coming of Christ. Well, here's the good news of the gospel for all that would come tonight. Whether you've never been in church, this is your first time in church, Christ has come. That's why we celebrate. But maybe you're a regular church attender. Maybe you go to church all the time, whether it's here or or at your home church. And you go to church all the time, and and yet you're still in that place of waiting right now. Here's the encouragement that I want to give you. Christ has come. At the perfect time, he came. He was the answer to every need that we had. Folks, we don't need more religion. We don't need more just discipline. I mean, we certainly need more discipline and some spiritual things, but that's not going to be the answer. The answer that God had for us is that little baby, God himself, 
coming in flesh, dwelling among us. And the good news of the gospel is that he's available for you and for me this very Christmas season. So here's my prayer for you tonight. My prayer for myself. If you have trusted Christ as Lord and Savior, and yet you find yourself waiting, draw near to him. The answer is already there. Every promise has been made, yes, in Jesus Christ. There's a purpose in that waiting. I don't know what it is. You may not know what it is, but I promise you there is purpose in that waiting. If you're here tonight and you say, you know, Bobby, I I really couldn't say that I'm a Christian. I I really couldn't say that. I know a couple things about the Bible. I kind of know some biblical verses and different things, but I've never really trusted Jesus Christ for the redemption of my sin to make me right with the Holy God. It's the greatest thing about the gospel. It is by no effort, it is by no work of you. There's nothing you have to do. You don't have to fast and pray. You don't have to do those things. It's grace and grace alone that saves us, makes us right with the Holy God. And all that work was done in that little baby that came, lived a life, and then died on a cross, was buried for three days and rose again so that you and I might have forgiveness of sin. That was the deliverance that Anna was talking about. She could, she could basically, both Simeon and Anna both walked away that day, basically saying, okay, I, I'm ready now to go. <laughs> everything that I've been waiting for all my life, everything that needs to be done, I'm waiting, and, and Father, now I can just go. I can live in peace. And that would be my hope for all of us here tonight, that we would know that because of this child, because of the coming of Christ, that we can live in peace. And we kind of get all sentimental about sleep in heavenly peace and we sing songs about peace and we think that, you know, that Christ came to bring the world peace. When you really look what the gospel says, he really didn't come to give world peace. In fact, if you look in here uh, a little bit closer, it says actually he brought conflict to this world. The peace that he has, not world peace. It's the peace that he can bring to your heart and your life because you wouldn't be able to have a full relationship with the Holy God the work that he's already accomplished. So tonight we're going to end with a prayer and then a singing of Silent Night. As we sing together Silent Night and we're going to light our candles, uh, we'll start in the front and just kind of pass the the light around. Uh, Just keep in mind tonight that if you're waiting, there is an answer. And his name is Christ. And in him, every promise of God is yes. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you. And Father, we we look at Simeon and Father, we see a righteous man. We look at Anna and we see a prophetess. We see a lady who's living at the temple. She never leaves the church. She's fasting and praying. She's doing all those disciplines of spirituality. And yet, Father, we see that religion was not enough for them. Spirituality of just going through different things that were required by the law was not enough. They were waiting for something that was going to solve their heart's problem. And on that glorious day, you brought Christ into the temple. And Father, I thank you that from that point on, we see that they were ready. Father, they knew that redemption had come. And I pray tonight, Father, that you would let us know whether we are waiting, whether it is silent, that, Father, tonight we can trust you. Father, we thank you that on a silent night, Christ came. And on a silent night, Father, 
You began to give hope into a world that did not know hope. You brought light into the darkness. And we praise you for it. Father, we thank you for this service. We thank you not just for a reminder of the true reason for the season, but Father, we thank you that there is Christ, our hope. And Father, I pray that we would turn our hearts to him and that, Father, that you would bring joy and peace just as you did to Simeon and Anna, even in the midst of our waiting, as we pray this in the answer of yes to every promise, Christ himself, amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.